Good morning. It is Friday, December 22nd, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. Well, a couple notes for you today before we get into our devotional. First, this is the last episode of 2023, and we'll kick off the next part of this season on January 17th. A lot of time between now and then. I hope in those several weeks that we're taking a break, that you are still continuing to be in God's Word, to pour over Scripture, and to make your life centered around this book. God has revealed Himself. He's revealed Himself in His Word. Let's go to Him. Let's seek after Him in His Word. Even if there's not new episodes of a podcast called The Commuter Devotional coming out for a few weeks. And the second announcement is that over the next few weeks, while we're taking a break from this and I'm enjoying Christmas break, I'll be continuing to work on a website where all of the episodes of the Commuter Devotional and other podcasts I've worked on and writing that I've done will all be kind of put together in one place. I'm really excited about this. I see this as the next phase of my personal ministry, and I'm excited about that. Most of it's already completed, but there's still some things about setting up a website that I just don't understand and I need to figure out and get worked out over the next couple of weeks. So hopefully when we come back in January, I'll be able to share that with you and maybe it'll be a blessing to you and something that you can look forward to. But with those two announcements out of the way, let me read our passage for us today. I'll pray and then we'll dive right into it. This is John chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Let's pray together. Our Lord in heaven, Father, this is one of my favorite characters in all of Scripture today, saying one of the most beautiful lines in all of Scripture, in my opinion. Father, help us see these words of John the Baptist. After this amazing conversation that Jesus just had with Nicodemus, help us to see this equally amazing conversation that John has with some disciples. Lord, as this is the last podcast episode for quite a while, Lord, we ask that as the listeners go out from here, especially today, they continue to make your word a part of their daily lives, not just in reading, not just in thinking, but in applying and growing in godliness. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, when I was a teenager, I want to tell you about how much I love John the Baptist. When I was a teenager, growing up in the youth group of my church, I used to have this little bracelet that I wore, I think, I mean, it seemed like 10 years, but it was probably only like a year or two. I had this little bracelet that I picked up somewhere, I don't know where, maybe at a youth conference or something. It had these little symbols, and basically it was John 3.30 on a bracelet 
with symbols. And it was this verse, he must increase, but I must decrease. And as a little teenager, I thought this was one of the greatest little lines and easiest ways for me to remember my place before God. And here I am many, many years later, still thinking about this passage and extremely excited to do a devotion through this passage today. Because for me, this has for a long time been a guiding principle in how I think about my relationship with the Lord. In our passage today, we see the dueling baptizers. There's John the Baptist, and now, as we find out, there's Jesus the Baptist, which I think is just amazing. There are people who lived in history who not only heard Jesus speak, saw his miracles, but some people who were baptized by the incarnate second person of the Trinity. Can you imagine? I've, I've heard baptism stories from people when people are sharing who baptized them. And it's like, you know, I was baptized by Pastor Paul and I was baptized by Pastor Steve over there and blah, blah, blah. Some people in history said, I was baptized by the second person of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ, son of David. But anyways, let me move on here because we have these two baptizers and some of the disciples of John come up to him and say, hey, John, you're supposed to be the baptizer. You're John the Baptist. That guy that you were talking about just a few days ago, he's further down the river and he's also baptizing. John, what do you have to say about it? And John's response is just so beautiful. He says, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. John is basically saying, the authority that I have to baptize was only given to me from heaven. This is the man who came down from heaven. I'm not the Christ. He is. John is already settling the place. He's settling the argument in his mind about who cares that Jesus is baptizing. His is a better baptism anyway. And then he says these beautiful lines. And I think this is why I like John the Baptist. He's not just a strong man out in the desert eating locusts and wild honey and speaking the name of the Lord out courageously in front of groups of people and to kings. But he's also poetic in how he talks. He says, look, the one who has the bride is the bridegroom. That's him. The friend of the bridegroom, that's me, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, my joy is now complete. Do you hear what John is saying here? He says, my whole life, my whole ministry, from the moment I heard that Christ entered the room when I was in my mother Elizabeth's womb and I leapt for joy, that joy is now complete in hearing his voice. He has come. I get to call myself a friend of the bridegroom. My joy is overflowing. And then he says this amazing phrase in verse 30. He must increase but I must decrease. My friends, as we go today into this Christmas season, taking a break from the commuter devotional for a little while, I wanted to stop our devotion with this passage because it sets the tone for this Christmas season. Christmas has always been a season that is marked by the joy of the church, joy to the world. In Matthew, it says that the shepherds rejoiced exceedingly with great joy John the Baptist today says, in him my joy is complete. That joy is followed by a response that John puts so pithily 
in our passage today. He must increase and I must decrease. My friends, as we move into 2024, some of us take very seriously our New Year's resolutions. I know I do. I have a huge list of them, still winnowing them down, trying to figure out what I'm going to go into the year, setting my heart to. But could one of them be these words of John? That this year we do not serve ourselves. We do not look for our own passions to go forward and our own goals. But we look to the King of Heaven, the King of the stars who came down as a baby in a stinking manger, in a trough probably made of stone or wood, who knows what was growing inside of it, the one who left his golden throne to come and be born in a place like that. He must increase, and we must decrease in 2024 because our joy has been made complete. It's not just about being joyful. That's not the end of our Christian life. The end of our Christian life is that we will be hailing him as king for all eternity and round his throne, bowing down to him, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole world is filled with his glory. That's the end of the Christian life. So let's start now. Let's start now, my friends. He must increase. We must decrease. Make it the banner of our lives on this Friday and of our next season of life. Let me close us in prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You left your riches without number to be born in a cattle stall, to taste our sadness, to be a sympathizer to us, to never sin so that you could save us from our sin. Lord, how glorious, how wonderful is the bridegroom that you would look at a bride like us and do what you did for us. Father, as we look upon you and we see you in our word, our hearts proclaim that we must decrease and you must increase, Lord. Lord God, on this Friday, as we think about these words from John the Baptist 2,000 years ago, we echo the same thing deep in our hearts. Forgive us when we want to make ourselves increase. Help us to set that aside today and every day until you call us home to glory where we will perfectly be able to say these words. Our God is the King of Heaven. Our God reigns from the end of the seas O oh Lord, let the joy of our hearts, O oh Lord, let the joy of our hearts move us to the humility of John the Baptist in this word. This is the prayer of our heart as we move into 2024. And we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you on January 17th.